Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Welcome. My name is Jason. So glad you guys are here today. Who's thankful they're not camping in the mountains today? Yes, you made the good decision and came to church. Uh, never go camping on Memorial Day. It's just foolish. So great decision to be here in town. I am so glad to be here. I love Boulder. My wife Molly and I, we lived here for five years we love this city. We love the campus. We worked with a campus ministry there for five years and saw God do some really cool, cool stuff. Uh, we lived like actually like a mile that way, and I miss living in Boulder because you can just walk to everywhere. We, we lived on the Boulder Boulder Trail, like the actual route. It's not happening, or it's like kind of like a DIY sort of Boulder Boulder this year, I heard. So uh, I heard it's pretty weak, but my house was on... On the on the one of the routes, so we would set up a huge kiddie pool that was like blow up, and then we would take water guns and squirt people. So I apologize if you ran by my house in 2019 and I soaked you. I it was my kids, not me. Uh, so we we got people with evil looks, and then they were happy that we were squirting on them. So I love Boulder, th- I, and I just want to tell you this church is amazing. I am so impressed by Drake and Danielle and his team every day. Every week they show up, they have the faith that God's going to move, and he is moving, and he's working. I, I, I got to speak at this church a few years ago and as it was just starting, and I've seen it transform, and God do some amazing things. And what I've come to find out is God can do way more in a year than you would ever think he could. Have you guys ever experienced that? You're like, man, you look back a year ago, and you're like, wow, how did all that happen because God is the God of what we just talked about. He's, he's the impossible God. He's the one that can do greater things than we can ever imagine, dream, hope, or think of. So in 2019, my family and I, we were, have been in ministry on a college campus for the last 14 years. And, and we just had this stirring that God was pushing us to go have an impact with young professionals in downtown Denver. Denver's composed of about 55% of the ages 18 to 35. And our heart was like, how do we help those people investigate faith, and develop in a relationship with Jesus. And in that population and in that part of the city, it's very similar to Boulder. It's about 1% would call themselves followers of Jesus. So we had just this huge heart. So my family and I, we, we loved our Boulder life, but we left Boulder because God was drawing us to Denver. And we showed up to Denver January 2020 with great plans to plant the brook. And we were meeting people. I was starting these small groups in my house. And all of a sudden, what do you know? A pandemic happens. And we're like, what the heck do we do now? So we were just like, ah, let's, let's just start praying because we want to see people impacted in our city and around our world that are at this age group. And 
we, we started like, how do we reach people in a lockdown world? And I know most spiritual leaders and leaders of restaurants, businesses, we're all thinking the same thing. How do we, how do we influence and impact people? How do we connect with people? And we just were like, oh, we got to start on Instagram, which I hate Instagram. I hate social media. And it was a random, crazy story. We launched the brook all via Instagram, and somehow God just did something. We went from like three people to 2,500 people following us. And then, and that's vanity. Who cares about that? But God all of a sudden started bringing people that are interested. We get direct messages every day about, hey, I'm trying to figure out this thing with God. Can you help me? I need, I need community in my life. I, I'm lonely. And, and over the last year, we just celebrated our one-year digital launch. So we launched digitally. Uh, and yeah, that's a give it up. We had a little party downtown. We had uh, 300 people come and celebrate the launch of the brook. And there's been over 450 people involved in online groups. And uh, we have a once a month gathering like this where God's doing some really cool things. So it's just, we're all partnered in this together. I want to say thank you guys as a church, your giving, your generosity, your love towards us, your prayers. Even we, we don't, we don't know how much you're praying for us, but we know that you are praying and God is answering that and God is moving and he's going to move in this city and he's going to move through this church because that's what God does. God is not an American God. So many times I think we think that all the things that happen are in America only. That Christianity is an American thing. You know where the fastest growing church in the world is right now? Iran. Iran is persecuted. They, they, they'll get killed if they, they have a Bible, yet it's growing and growing and growing. And I want to tell you today how we can have an influence and impact on the world through just ordinary people. The secret sauce that we're going to talk about today is how ordinary people can have an extraordinary impact impact. And as we're in this series, I, I, I like to smoke brisket. I smoked a brisket yesterday. And there's, a, there's some secrets that I've learned that have made, make brisket really good. And as we talk about the sauce, what makes our relationship with God really good? One of the things that I think is overlooked most of the time is that you can have an impact on others. And when you have an impact on others, you know what it does is it brings your soul alive because we were not meant to live about us. We were meant to live and influence and impact others. The, the first church, as it expanded and as it grew, did you know it went four centuries without a building? So when Jesus died, there was four centuries. No building existed. There were no church buildings that we know of. It was just God's people going out and impacting the world. And, and, the, and Christianity at that time grew by 40% every year. Can you imagine if that was the case? Now that's happening in Iran. But if it was here where 40% growth was happening, but they didn't even do it in a place like this. They did it in people. Because what has been true throughout the centuries has been that God influences and he impacts our worlds through the people of the church. Not the building. The people. And so today, I want you to see how you can be used by God to impact the world around us. Here's what I found as I get to interact with people that might be skeptical of God. Most of them have some baggage with church. Most of them have some baggage. They're like, you know, they, they walk into a building and they're super nervous. They're like, you might be in here today and you might be like, I'm super nervous to be here. It's my first time. It's kind of weird. I, I don't know how I feel about it. It's just nerve-wracking. I'm, I'm a paid professional pastor. And walking into a church... I get a little nervous. I'm like, where do I go? 
what do I do with my hands? You know, like, I raise them, do I put them down? I do? It's just kind of hard to figure out. But here's what I found, is if I know a person, it makes it way easier. Because when, you, when you're connected with a person, it lowers the barrier. That baggage goes away and you can connect with God. See, God's primary method of impacting and influencing people is people. And I want to share with you today, it's not the paid professionals. It's ordinary, everyday people. Everyday people. Uh, uh, last year, there was this story that went viral. This kid named Bridger Walker, he jump, his, him and his four-year-old sister, he was six. He jumps in front of this dog as this dog's coming at his sister, about ready to maul his sister. And he jumps in front of the dog, and this dog attacks him, and his parents are a long ways away, grabs onto his cheek and bites him. He has to have 90 stitches. This is a picture of Bridger. And when Bridger said, hey, why did you jump in front of that dog? I, have a, I had a six-year-old when this happened, and I was in tears. Bridger goes, I thought I should be the one to die, not my sister. That's an ordinary person. Ordinary people all the time have impact. Today, you are an ordinary person. I'm an ordinary person, and God is asking us, you can have an impact. You can influence and impact the world around you. So as we're, we dive into this last week of this series, we're just going to look at impact, mission, and influencing. So I was talking about the early church. The early church was, after Jesus left, the disciples are like, oh no, he's gone. What do we do? And Acts 1.8 happens, and it says this, and Acts, it says, but you'll receive power. This is Jesus telling his disciples and the few followers he had at the moment. He goes, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This was not just for them, it's for us today, is that God is saying that you will be my witnesses to the very ends of the, day, of the, to the, ends of the earth. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, Jesus. And then they have no clue what to do. They're scared. And then the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost comes and he shows up and he indwells each person. And they have this power inside of them. And they go. They start sharing about Jesus, and all of a sudden, 3,000 people that day come to faith in Jesus, and Peter and John and the disciples are like, oh my goodness, it happened. Jesus was right. And then he goes into Acts 3, and there's this story where Peter and John, they're walking into the temple, and they see this dude on the ground, and he's lame. He can't walk, and he's begging for money, and he's begging, and he's going, please, please give me money. And, and people have passed by that guy every single day. See, he was by the, the temple and he was asking for money, not for healing, because he'd given up on God. Maybe some of you are here today, and you might be giving up on God, and you might be going, I'm tired of living my life like this. But Peter and John were different. They weren't your normal religious people. They walk by this lame man, and they look at him, and they go, silver and gold we do not have. But they grab him, and they go, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. His ankles got strong feet and started walking. The temple went in an uproar, because... The guy that always begged that none of the religious people could do anything for all of a sudden was healed. And it was crazy. There were 5,000 people now that had come to faith. And all of a sudden, the religious leaders, which were kind of always the arch nemesis of Jesus and the disciples, the people that had it all together, they were really frustrated. They go, why, would, why did you do that? And it started taking power. So they did the, the logical thing. They're like, you did something good, Peter and John. We're going to throw you in prison. So they throw them in prison, and then they bring them 
in front, and here's, as they bring them in front of the temple guard and the priest and all of this, they bring them the next morning, and here's what Peter and John's response to this miracle was. It says this, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, and that he healed him. He raised from the dead, and from this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which became the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name other heaven and earth given to mankind, but which we must be saved. And this is Peter and John. They've been scared. They didn't know what to do, and they just said that in front of all the religious leaders It was like mic drop. And I want to share with you today the very next thing they said about these men. And it's the secret sauce. It's the secret sauce. It's this. It's in Acts 4.13, the very next line. How did they have this kind of impact, Peter and John? It says this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that these were unschooled, and they're ordinary men, and they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. How did this all happen? It was because they're ordinary, they're courageous, and they had been with Jesus. So today, if if you want to have an impact with your life, here's the thing that Jesus wants to ask of you today. He wants to ask you these three things. He wants you to be with him. He wants you to be ordinary, and then he wants you to have courage. We're going to work through those. We're going to work from kind of back to front because it's a cause and result and go from there. So the first characteristic of having an impact, if you want to have an impact in our world, and I want to invite you, is you have to be with Jesus. These men had been with Jesus. So Peter and John, they had spent three years following Jesus, watched him, listened to him, followed his teaching. And when they were with him, it changed them. And, And these elders, these priests, when they brought him before them, they're like, Peter and John remind us of someone. Oh, yeah, Jesus. They remind me of Jesus. So the first characteristic we see is be with Jesus. See, when you're with someone, it changes you. Uh, my family from Oklahoma is here. And whenever I'm around Oklahoma people, there's just something that happens to my voice. And I kind of talk like hunting, fishing, uh, and I just change. But it changes you. <laughs> you know, my wife, I'm, we're very, very different people. I now know what quinoa is. I like craft coffee. I know what I eat gluten-free when I'm around her, but I cheat when I'm away from her. Uh, and so, you know, like it changed me. Molly changed me. When you're with someone, it changes you. Being with Jesus will change you. And in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Jesus said, go make disciples. And then at the end, he said, and I will be with you to the very end of the age. That Jesus is with us. How we have an impact is not through ourselves, but it's through him being with us. Now, we can't physically walk with Jesus. We're not like Peter and John. You're like, well, that's unfair, Jason. They, They literally were with Jesus. Jesus actually said something about this. In John 16, 7, he said this. He said, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Jesus goes, you know what? It's better if I leave you. So we're better off than the disciples is what he's saying right now. It's better that he left because of this. It says, because if I don't, the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, won't come. 
And if I don't go away, then if I go away, then I will send him to you. When we accept and trust Jesus, we have his spirit living inside of us. We are, we are with him. We are connected with him. We are able to be the people that we've always wanted to be because he indwells us. He lives inside of us. It reminds me of Lion King with little, uh, what's his name, Rafiki with, uh, with Simba. And he like, he's like, where's Mufasa? And he's like, he lives in you. You know, it's like, that's what the Holy Spirit is. He lives in us. Jesus was a man and he couldn't be with us. So he sent the Holy Spirit that we might have everything we need for this life and to know him. The question is, do you know him? Have you accepted him? He offers a relationship that he will be with you every day. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You can connect with him. He can give you the life that we were made for. But it does take a decision to turn and trust and to make him Lord. And I would encourage you, if you've not made that decision, keep thinking, keep investigating, but don't drag your feet anymore. Do it. If you make space for Jesus, he will fill it. Okay, we're talking about ordinary heroes. These are ordinary men. I have an ordinary hero. I just met him a few months ago. His name's Brennan. Brennan's a great friend of mine. He was into new age and like he was super stressed out and was looking for God in all different means possible. I mean, he was doing some kind of crazy, like just psychedelic kind of things and he didn't know where he was headed. And all of a sudden he had an interaction with Jesus and Jesus changed him completely. One night it was just like, Jesus is Lord, I have to focus on him. And he got baptized about a month later. If you've not been baptized and you've been holding off on that, it was one of his best decisions because he went public with his faith. And Brendan now, he still struggles with anxiety. He still has a hard life. He's still trying to deal with all the issues all of us deal with. But you know what? Every time I talk to Brendan, I'm like, dude, you've been with Jesus. He's just different. He's this new dude, and all of a sudden, because he's been with Jesus, he was in Salt Lake two weeks ago, and he was at a bar with his uh, coworker, and his coworker's like, something's different about you, man. And it, you know what he got to do? He got to share what Jesus had done in his life. And so when we've been with Jesus, people go, huh, there's something different about you. If you want to have an impact on others, you have to be with Jesus. The second characteristic you need if you want to have an impact is you need to be ordinary, It said they were ordinary, unschooled men. See, Peter and John were not that impressive to the religious leaders. They were not as schooled as other people. Now, don't get me wrong. They were businessmen. They weren't foolish. They weren't stupid. They just didn't meet the the requirements to be a rabbi and to be religious leaders. And so they were just kind of their everyday Joe that, and I think sometimes when we hear disciples, we uplift them to be these faith giants. They weren't. They were ordinary people that messed up, sinned, and made some bonehead decisions most of the time. Peter was very ordinary, and I really appreciate it. You ever, they were, I mean, they were fishermen, so you, have you ever heard, like, they cuss like a sailor? I guarantee you Peter had a terrible mouth. I know he did. I mean, he was a sailor. He was a fisherman. Of course he did. Uh, you, I mean, just look at the guy's track record. When Jesus is about ready to get taken to the cross, he goes and cuts a guy's ear off, and then he tells Jesus, I'll never deny you, I'll never leave you. A couple hours later, he denies them. Jesus once called him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Okay, so if you think you're bad, if you got the rap sheet, Peter called, you've never been called Satan by Jesus, so you're good. You're ordinary. See, these are ordinary, ordinary, ordinary people, but God used them mightily. He can use us. But there's so many obstacles in our way. 
I think so many of us, I ask some people, what, what's the obstacle to you having an impact and influence in the world around you? And my friends are telling me, well, I don't know enough. I don't, I don't know enough of the Bible. I'm new to my faith. Jason, I can't get up here and preach or teach. You know what? Most people don't want to hear us preach or teach, so you're good. You don't need to learn to do that. Uh, I'm nervous how it would change my life. I want control of my life. Can I really lead other people? See, there's so many obstacles that we build in our head thinking that having an influence and an impact takes being something special, but it's so ordinary. I have another hero. His name's Tim Brown. He's a 29-year-old petroleum engineer. And he went to School of Mines, played baseball, and God radically transformed his life the last year and a half. And he's been taking steps to, of faith more and more to God. And he was so scared. He's like, I can't have an impact on people around me. But then he met his buddy Richard Harris, who he played golf with. And all of a sudden, Richard's like, has no spiritual background at all. He, he's from San Francisco. And he's just like, I, I'm not into the God thing, but I don't, but he wasn't anti it. And Tim had a conversation with him. And all of a sudden, for the next six months, Richard joined one of our, what we call simple churches. It's like your city groups. Uh, and he joined one. And over the next six months, he investigated the claims of God. And, and Tim got to walk him through his story of how Tim came to faith. And then he got to share with Richard the good news of Jesus. And all of a sudden, uh, Richard lives in San Francisco. He called crying to Tim about a month and a half ago. said, Tim, I'm just ready to accept Jesus. Tim's just an ordinary dude. He's a petroleum engineer. Didn't go to seminary, but God uses the ordinary. Our third characteristic and last one as we close up of impact is so we, you got to be with Jesus. <laughs> you got to be ordinary and you got to be courageous. You have to be courageous. See, how did these people see 5,000 people saved that day? They were courageous. It takes courage to have an impact. It takes courage to be an ordinary hero. Bridger Walker, it took courage to jump in front of that dog for his sister. It takes courage to join that city group. It took courage to walk here or come in this morning and sit here for the first time. It always takes courage to take a step of faith. It takes courage to give gener generously. It takes courage to live differently. It takes courage to break that habit that you've been kind of hating in your life but wanting to get away. It takes courage to do that. But the great news is that following Jesus is one of faith, and it's living by faith. It's not by sight and even better news is your courage doesn't come from you. It comes from the Spirit living inside of you. It takes courage. It takes courage. Here's what I've seen when it comes to impacting others. This is how I think most of us think. They think, okay, I'm over here. Oh, I need to develop in my faith. I need to read like some books on how to share my faith. I need to learn what the Bible says. And it's like over here is like impacting my world having stories like Tim and Richard where people come to faith, you're like, okay, I'm all the way over here, Jason, so here's my faith. I need to just take a giant leap over there, and you're like, all right, here we go. And you're like, oh, I did it. I'm here. I had the faith. I had the courage. I actually don't think that's how courage works, especially in our spiritual life. Here's what I've noticed. You start here, and it's just a tiny step. You go, you know what, today, I'm going to come to church, take a little step. Today, I'm going to open up the Word and just read what God might teach me. Today, 
I'm going to just start praying for my coworkers. Today, you know, when my boss is how my boss is, I'm going to turn the other cheek. Today, I'm just going to make a decision to live a little bit differently. Today, I'm going to invite that person out to lunch with me. Today, I'm going to ask them, hey, what's your spiritual background look like? Today, I'm going to go, you know what? They have cancer. And no one's ever turned down prayer that I've asked if they want to pray. I'm just going to ask, can I pray for you today? And then all of a sudden, you end up over here and you see impact. You see influence. It's little by little by little by little. And so wherever you're at, don't run away from impacting others because you feel like it's a massive step. No. Take that little step. So what's that little step you need to take today? The courageous step that's going to push you, is it? You're going to pray with your kids for the first time. You're just going to, you know what, let's pray together. Maybe it's you're going to go, I'm going to have a spiritual conversation. That feels like a big step, but you're like, I'm just going to ask somebody, what's your spiritual background look like? That's a really pretty easy question to ask. What's what's your spiritual background look like? Tell Tell me about that. It actually shows you care. Maybe it's being kind to your boss. Maybe it's stewarding your finances. Maybe it's inviting someone next week to church. Maybe it's going, how can I pray for you this week? Whatever it is, I want to encourage you. You can have an impact. You don't have to have it all together. I definitely don't. But you do have to be willing to be with Jesus. And then take those courage steps. As I close, I, I want to invite my wife, Molly. I wanted her just to share of a story about how, we're, how she's seeing life change. And then I, the band can go ahead and go up, and then we'll close up. Yeah, thanks. Um, I just want to share a story with you about my friend Hannah. And like Jason mentioned, we started online. And so in the middle of COVID, we had moved to Denver wondering, I don't know any girls in Denver. How am I going to meet anyone? And so on our website, we had this get involved button where if girls were interested, they would press get involved and fill it out. And then I would like FaceTime them. You know, it's like you kind of wonder who's going to pop up on the screen. (laughs) And one day... Hannah pops up on my screen, my Zoom call. Hey, Hannah, I'm getting to know her, and I find out that she actually went to CU Boulder. A little backstory, Jason, like Jason said, we were at CU Boulder, CU Boulder for five years, and we loved it. When we moved to Denver, we left a part of our heart there. And I come to find out that um, Hannah, she was a CU student in a sorority at the same time I was on campus, but I never met her. And so I come and I, I, t- I chat with Hannah, and I come to find out that She has just some baggage with faith. She has a a minimal spiritual background, but she was just hurt by some people. She had some mentors in her life that really left a bad taste in her mouth of who God was. She was a high achiever, but in the middle of COVID, she hit a point where she just thought, you know what? Life isn't all that I thought it would be. I graduated, I got the job, but now what? Is this all there is? There's gotta be something more. I get to share my testimony with Hannah, and we get to connect a little bit more. And then a couple days later, she comes to one of our events. And I found out recently that she was sitting in her her car, looking at the parking lot we were hanging out in, and she almost drove away because she was scared. But she walked into an event. I got to hang out with her, introduce her to some other people. And a couple weeks later, Hannah made a decision make Jesus the Lord over her life. She didn't want to be her her own Lord anymore. It wasn't working out for her. And you know what we did? We brought her to Boulder. We baptized her in Boulder Creek. 
And since then, Hannah has been leading simple churches like Jason was talking about. She's been bringing in other women who are like her. And recently, she got to lead her friend Grace to Christ. And as she was talking to Grace and sharing her testimony, you know what? So much of her testimony connected with Grace because that's who God is. He brings people into your life who you can connect with. It's not an accident. So now Grace is just on fire. She's this little spitfire just going around like crazy, sharing the good news that has happened in her life. And Hannah, she was just an ordinary girl that moved to Denver that was looking for, for fulfillment. And she's found that in Jesus. So I, I love uh, superhero movies, and one of my favorite superheroes is Peter Parker, Spider-Man. <laughs> Why? Because Peter, all of us could feel a little bit like, Peter, I get you because we're all a little bit of a nerd. We all didn't have friends in school. Like, or if you were that person, we don't like you. Uh, but <laughs> Peter, in the story of Spider-Man, there's that saying everybody knows. It's like the most famous quote, and it's like, with great power comes what? Great responsibility. And so God has given us a great power. He's given his power inside of us to live for him, to impact him. Our world will be changed. Our world is changing. Boulder is changing. Denver is changing. And it's like Acts 1.8 said that it would go into the ends of the earth. And God wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. You just got to be ordinary. You got to be with Jesus and you got to have courage. So we're moving into a time of worship. I, I want to encourage you. What is your next step you need to take with this great power that lives in you? How can you influence this world around you? Let us, let's pray. God, I thank you that you have spoken through your word that we might not have to come up with the answers on our own, but God, that you use your word to influence and to impact. So God, we ask right now that you would just stir our hearts for the things of you, God. Let us see our friends, our family members, the people in our lives, God, that don't know you, that they would have an encounter with you. God, let us have the courage. Let us have the boldness. Let us interact. And God, I pray if anyone's in here today and they're in a place where they're wrestling with, is Jesus true? Do I want to put my faith in him? I pray that you would encounter them right now, that they would feel your presence, they would feel your, who you are, and God, that they would make that decision to trust you, to make you Lord, and, and to just go, I'm, I'm turning from living for myself, and I'm following you. And God, we're thankful that we don't do this on our own, but it is through the power that lives in us through your Holy Spirit. Let us be empowered as we walk out of today and let us leave in joy because we know that you will use our lives to impact others. God, I pray in one year we would look back and go, I can't believe you did that. Amen.